Matthew, the 13th chapter. Now, we began a series last week that I believe is of, of just, you know, as important as anything we talk about. And we began talking about how to receive from the Word of God. Now, now some of what I'm, what I'm going to share with you today, some of this, like I said, I, I can't imagine anything being more important, um, more foundational, because it won't be long in your life till you're going to need to receive something from the Lord. And there's, there's no such thing as separating Him from His Word. We learned that last week, right? He and His Word are one. The Bible says He's magnified His Word above His name even. And, um, you know, thank God we, when we go to Him, we can take His Word to Him. Remember, we said, well, you can go and say, Father, you said. And, and the truth of the matter is, if you believe the Bible and if you believe what's in the Bible, that God has absolutely bound Himself to His Word. He said, I've said it, I'll do it, and I won't change. And so the teaching that, well, you know, you never know what God's going to do is absolutely false according to the Word of God. Because if He said, this is what I'm going to do and you can count on it, well, then what would you think? <laughs> you know what He's going to do. And so much of the time it's conditional upon us doing our part, right? There's always a God part. And He always does His part. And there's always a man part. So, so just saying, well, you know, the sovereignty of God is at work and you just have to accept circumstances, that is untrue. We can live above circumstances. Aren't you glad? Amen. Praise God, I am. Believe with me today, we're going to go on and, and uh, get to something really good. If you had to ask me what the, what the key component is in receiving from the Word of God, First of all, like, 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 let me just review a second here. Last week we said you have to believe that this book is what it says it is, the Word of God. Uh, not, not just that some of it's inspired, some of it's not. No, not, not at all. The Bible says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's all God-breathed. And so if He said it's all the Word of God, then if we find that any of it is not the Word of God, then it's all corrupt. Because that means he lied about it. Right? right. And so you, you absolutely have to have that as a, you have to decide that before the trial comes, everybody. Hmm? When the test comes, now's not, that's not the time to say, do I believe this? <laughs> or can I count on this? No, you want to run to the, to the one the Bible says is your rock, your fortress, your refuge. Well, you'd sum all that up by saying you can count on him. And if you can count on him, but you can't count on your word, that, that, on his word, that doesn't make sense. Because I couldn't count on Brother Slide if I couldn't count on his word or, or anybody. Just, just using him as an example. If, if, I can't, if you can't trust my word, how could you say, well, you can count on him? You can't separate you from your word. So you have to believe that first of all. But the, now that's settled. The word is settled in heaven. Whether or not it's settled in you is a different story. But it is settled in heaven. Heaven and earth will pass away. You know, this earth is, has been changing for years. You know, it's in, it's in a much different condition today than when it was created. And it's not getting better and better. It's getting worse and worse. You know, the weather, they're having a harder time controlling the weather than ever before. Well, there's a plan for the renovation of this earth. 
and they're going to burn the layer off of it. And God's going to redo some things. You talk about remodeling. Uh-huh. Interior decorating. Exterior decorating. We got some yet to come. Because as beautiful as a lot of this earth is, and, and some of it is just magnificent, and, and, and I appreciate it. I, when it's time to be outdoors, I'm there. You know what I mean? But quite honestly, compared to the original condition that the Lord made it, it's a garbage can compared to what it was. But we're going to get back to it. Amen. So the key component we're going to see today for you and I receiving from the word of God is this. It's the condition of our heart, the condition of our heart, not talking about the physical blood pump. You need that to stay here on earth. But I'm talking about the spirit of man. When the Bible talks about the heart of man, it's talking about his spirit. Paul uses this term, the inner man. Peter was writing, he used this term, he called it the hidden man of the heart. Amen. And so the heart of man, the condition of your heart. We're going to see it's the key component, probably the main factor in receiving from the word. And, and so, you know what, it's absolutely possible for a whole group of people to hear the same message, but only a very small percentage actually receive anything. Why is that? Because you got people's hearts in all different conditions. See? Now, in Matthew 13, this is a terrific, um, it's a parable that Jesus taught. It's awesome. Look at right there in the first verse. It says that same day. And like I like to say, if you want to know what day he's talking about, just go back and read before that. You'll find out. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Jesus was smart. <laughs> he knew how to get get from the, uh, you know, get the crowds to not because they'd mob him. They saw they saw healing flow from him and they'd come and mob him and, and he couldn't talk. But, you know, sometimes you need to stop and teach hmm? and do more than just demonstrate. And so he did that, too. He was smart enough to say, well, just put this boat out a little from the water. That'll stop him. Maybe there were sharks right in front of it or something to where the people couldn't get out. I, actually, I used to, when I was traveling full time with a music group called Truth, we used to do an, a sunrise service on Easter Sunday morning. Every year it'd be in Miami, which is, of course, right where I grew up. Um, but it was at the Miami Marine Stadium. And they had a stadium and the stage was out in the water. <laughs> and then there was a stadium. That was not out in the water, obviously. But, the, but to get to the stage, you just there was a dock, you know. And so we're rolling all these cases out at 2 o'clock in the morning, getting ready for sound check for this 6 o'clock service out on this dock. One guy, one guy sent one of the stage monitors right into the water and <laughs> had to grab it. Grabbed it real quick and we pulled it out and didn't hook it up right away. So that's what Jesus was doing. I didn't mean to stop and talk in the middle there. But he told them, verse 3 says, many things in parables. Parables just a story. And it's a story that uses a natural illustration or a real common illustration uh, to illustrate spiritual truth. He told them many things in parables. He said, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed... Some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. 
Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. And then Jesus said something so interesting. He said, he who has ears, let him hear. Well, were, were there a bunch of people there that just had heads, eyes, nose, mouth, and nothing on the side of their face? No, he's talking about hearing on the inside. Amen. There's all kind of folk. In fact, there's probably folk here every Sunday that hear with the physical ears, but it doesn't get down into their other ears. Amen. But that can change. So notice that there was a farmer. He planted seed. And as far as we know, it was the same seed that he planted, but he planted it in four different kinds of ground, didn't he? There was that seed that was by the wayside. There was the um, seed that was on rocky soil. There was the seed that had the thorns come up. But then, thank God, there was that seed that came upon good soil. And that's what produced the crop. And praise God, I mean, it produced 160 or 30 times what was sown. And that's the way it works today still, doesn't it, in the garden? You don't plant a corn seed and reap a corn seed or a kernel of corn. No, you plant a kernel and you reap ears of kernels. Probably, I don't know, probably 150 or more fold from that one seed you planted. Praise God. Well, it goes on here. Because the disciples in verse 10 came to him and they asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables or in stories? And so Jesus is saying, why don't you just come right out and say what you mean? Well, Jesus said something in return that I want to point out to you because it stumped me for a good long time. But he replied, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Then he says another statement, whoever has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from them. That's why I speak to them in parables. And he quotes a verse that says, though seeing they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. Ever seeing, but never perceiving. See, that's what I was talking about. Hearing, but not hearing. Right? And then Jesus said, this people's heart. He points out their heart. It said it has become calloused. You've seen uh, calluses on your hand, right? What happens when they're calloused? You can hold a match, a lit match up there. And you won't feel it right away. Keep it there long enough, you will. Right? In other words, it's unfeeling, unsensitive. Their hearts become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Who closed their eyes? They did. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn. And what would happen? I would heal them. Jesus said he'd heal them. Who would he heal? Any of them whose heart was able to receive, whose ears were able to hear, whose eyes were able to see. Now, I don't know about you. First time I read that, I thought, well, that's not fair. How come it was given to the disciples to receive these things and not to these other people? Well, you got to understand those disciples were in the presence of Jesus. These other people, it's not that God didn't want them to have it. Is that they weren't in a position to have it. The new birth wasn't available yet. So I always thought, well, he told them, he told the stories in parables so they wouldn't see. 
But see, that was wrong. And see, maybe you're a lot sharper than I was. But he didn't speak in parables so they wouldn't see the truth. He spoke in parables so they could see it. In other words, he gave them a real easy illustration. You know, most, I'd say above 90% of them were farmers. Hmm? I mean, they, 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 weren't, they weren't like computer specialists back then, things like that. Most of them, uh, you know, you want food, you didn't go to Wegmans, you didn't go to Tops. You went to the backyard, right? To the fields. So they knew what he was talking about. And he, and he said, listen, the kingdom of God, spiritual things are just like this. And they said, oh, that I understand. But see, he tried and explain spiritual things sometimes, and they didn't get it. And neither did you at first. And neither did I at first. Remember when Nicodemus came to Jesus and he wants to know about, you know, well, you know, I know you're a man come from God. And Jesus said you must be born again. And that went, woo, right over his, I got to crawl up in my mom's belly. Well, he didn't get it, did he? So Jesus starts pulling out natural illustrations, something that he understands to show them. Amen. Oh, it's like the wind. It's like, you know, it's like things you can't see, but you know, <laughs> you have them, right? Praise God. Well, now, they, Jesus said in verse 16, blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. And I, I, I believe that about everybody sitting here. You have eyes. You haven't closed your eyes. See, it wasn't that God made their hearts hard. It said they closed their eyes. Amen. It takes an effort sometimes to open up to the things of God, especially if you think you're right. <laughs> well, I've been there, been there, done that. I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but did not see it and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Now, this is this is something different yet, because he's talking about people that were seeing physically but not spiritually. But now these prophets and these righteous men, they saw it spiritually, but didn't live long enough on the earth to see it physically. Amen. But Jesus is telling his disciples, you guys are blessed. You're seeing it physically and you can see it on the inside. Amen. Praise God. Well, verse 18, he says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. So now we're going to get the inside scoop from the Lord. This is what he told the disciples. Why did he tell them this and not the crowd? They had ears to hear. They could understand it. You know what? You don't do people a favor by talking about things that folk aren't ready to hear. Amen. It brings confusion. It doesn't help. Uh, we're, we're even told by the Lord, he said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Well, he's not calling people pigs, but, but do pigs have any appreciation for pearls? They'd, they'd get them muddy just like they'd get, you know, a stick muddy. Right? Don't give that which is holy to the dogs, Jesus said. He's not calling us dogs. But dogs don't appreciate uh, fine china. You serve them their food in a metal plate, they'll eat it just as quick as they would on Wedgwood or, or you know what I mean, any kind of fine china. They don't have an appreciation for it. And so if folk don't have an appreciation for things, we're not to share it with them. And, and people, we'd all do good to learn that. Um, for a long time, I'd want to spout off everything I knew. But that doesn't help all the time. Would the Lord ever lead you not to say anything? Because some, you know, sometimes you think, well, I, if I'm a good Christian, I'm going to got to tell everybody everything I know, you know. So I'll please the Lord. 
Well, not always. But Jesus goes on and explains it. He's, verse 19 says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who has received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So Jesus gives us some explanation there and we'll go back in a little more detail. But notice that the seed represents the word of God. Now, this is written in Matthew. Mark's gospel records the same parable in Mark chapter 4. Then in Luke chapter 8, Luke records the same parable. And you get a little more detail. You know, you, sometimes you read things that the different gospel writers write. And that's where folks say, well, the Bible contradicts itself because Matthew says one thing, Mark says another. Um, but it's not a contradiction. The different writers give different detail. And so really, you want all the detail, put it all together. And you still don't have it all. You have what the Lord wanted us to have. Because, you know, how big would the book be otherwise? Right? And so Luke's gospel comes right out and says that Jesus said, the seed is the word of God. Isn't that interesting? The seed is the word of God. Peter, uh, we read this verse in a recent service where it calls the word of God the incorruptible seed said, you've been born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. This same seed was sown in the different types of ground. But I want you to notice it was not the seed that determined whether or not people received. Was it the seed? He, he planted the same seed in all the different types of ground. So the seed had nothing to do with it. But did you notice that we, if we just, uh, it doesn't say this, but we could just say that one-fourth of the kinds of, of the ground was the one, one-fourth, and divide it into four parts. So did you notice that only 25% of the seed produced anything? You know that's about the kind of results we'll get? Hmm? You get four people to hear the Word of God, usually one will receive something. Now, when you're in church all the time, you know, we, you get a larger percentage than that because you have people that have been trained. Their ears here. But I'm just talking about, you know, going out. <laughs> right? It's not the seed. The seed's the word. The seed is a constant. But notice that it is called the seed because I want you to know that all the promises, provision, and power of God is contained in the word in seed form. All the power, promises, provision of God is contained in the word in seed form. So what do you have to do? Plant it. Plant it. And what kind of ground you plant it in depends on what kind of crop you'll get or if you'll get a crop. Amen. Um, seed in the natural doesn't do you any good until it's planted and cared for. 
Right? Some folks, they have the Bible on the coffee table. And they think it's working. Hmm? Does the seed work on the coffee table? Hmm? It blesses the coffee table. You got to get the seed planted. Well, the ground represents the heart of man. And so that's what you can have several different conditions of. Isn't that right? It was the condition of the ground that varied. Different types of ground represent different conditions of the heart. Hold, you can hold your place if you want, Matthew 13. Go to 1 Corinthians 3 real quickly. 1 Corinthians 3. And we'll see this, uh, we'll see this here further. In 1 Corinthians, the, the Corinthian church, they were having problems. And you know what? Churches are made up of people and people bring their problems with them so much of the time. So nothing's new there. But the Corinthian church was having problems. The people were people had their eyes on the on the ministers instead of the Lord. And so there were two in particular, Paul and Apollos. And verse five says, Paul's right. And he says, look, who's Apollos? Who's Paul? They're only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. And then he says, I planted the seed. Notice that. Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. And then so Paul says, neither is he who plants or he who waters anything, but only God who makes things grow. You know, big deal. You got someone good planting. But if God wasn't involved in it, it wouldn't get you anywhere. Right. Verse eight says the man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. Verse 9 is what I want you to see. He says, we are God's fellow workers. And then he says, you are God's field. Other translation says, you are God's garden. God's building. So you are God's field. You and I. Well, what is? Our hearts are a field that he wants to plant things in. He wants to see him increase. He wants to see them grow. Do you ever plant anything and have no expectation whatsoever of growth or a harvest? Would that be ridiculous? But folk come to all the church all the time. They don't expect anything. Hmm? And they go away satisfied because they get every, they get every bit that they expect. Amen. You wouldn't do that. So I have good news for you and bad news. Good news is whatever shape your heart is in or whatever condition your ground, the ground of your heart is in, it can change. Yeah. Right. Bad news is it can also change from good to bad if you're not careful. More good news and bad news for you. The condition of your heart is in your control. That's good news. Now the bad news is that the condition of your heart is in your control. Because <laughs> some folk ignore those things. Can I have you turn to Proverbs chapter 4? You're still holding Matthew 13, right? I'll get you so many fingers in that Bible that you're not going to have any left to make your grocery list with. No. God's good, isn't he, everybody? Like I said, I can't I really can't think of anything as important. It's basic, but it's so important as what we're talking about today. 
if you, if you had to ask me, Pastor, what activity, spiritually speaking, do you engage in the most or sum it up into one verse, you know, what, what you do from day to day to spiritually have some success? I believe I'd give you this verse. In fact, I wouldn't even think about it. I know I'd give you this verse. It's the 23rd verse. Look at what it says. It says, above all else. Now stop right there a second. Every other verse in the Bible does not start with that, does it? Can we just say that? Above all else? Say it again. Above all else. Does this sound important? How important? Above all else. Okay, what are we supposed to do above all else? Guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Listen to the New Living Translation. It's, it says, the end of it says, it affects everything you do. The New English Bible says, guard your heart more than any treasure, for it is the source of all life. Do you know that the life of God flows to you through your heart? Life flows out of your heart to you. And so above all else, above all that you do, we're to guard the condition of our heart. Or we could say it this way, above all else, we need to make sure that our ground is good. That we're good soil. What if you're not? Well, you, you'll be in one of those other categories. And those other categories didn't produce. All right? We're taking some of the mystery out of why some folk things seem to work for them, why some folk things just don't seem to work for them. But they hear, all hear the same message. Praise God. So who monitors the condition of our heart? We do. He told us to guard it. Praise God. When, when you sit in church, when you read the Bible, you need to think of it not just like I'm reading the Word or I'm hearing the Word. You need to think of it that something's being planted in me for the purpose of it reaping a harvest. Like we said, the promises, of God, they're in there. The power of God is in here, but it's in seed form. And you know, you don't just plant it and leave it. Hmm? No, no, you got to, you got to, we're told to receive with humility the implanted word. Do you know why we have to receive it and plant it in us? Because it's not already there. Implanted word. We plant it in there. Anybody know what implants are? <laughs> we won't talk about them. <laughs> Anyhow, you know what it means to plant. You want it to grow on the inside of you until it becomes part of you. And the result will be a change in your believing, your thinking, your talking, and your acting. Or we could say it this way, you'll bring forth fruit 30, 60, or 100 fold. When the word gets in you, that seed gets in you and it grows, it will affect your believing, your thinking. Amen. Folks will say, careful of that church, they'll brainwash you. No, the Word of God will do that. Amen. Amen. And if you don't think you need your brainwashed, hmm, you do, I do, all the time. We're told to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So, now you have your finger in Matthew 13. 
Head back there a moment if you could. And I'd like us to look one more time. You know, a casual read-through of the Word doesn't, doesn't get the seed planted, does it? you got to dig in. I'm telling you, there is, you'll never run out. You'll never get all that you can get out of any verse. Hmm? How many have heard John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but should have everlasting life. Has anybody gotten all the revelation and all the truth out of that verse yet? No. Amen. There's always more. God never peaks. Amen. In eternity, he'll never peak. We'll never get to the place up in heaven where the Lord says, well, guys, that was it. Just showed you the last of it. Praise God. Now, uh, we'll come back next week because reruns start. Never. I don't know how if that excites you like it does me. It gets me just because I, every time I get in the word, I mean, if it's for a couple minutes, I end up seeing something I didn't see last time. And it's good. And to know that for eternity, the Bible says for the ages to come, he's going to be revealing his goodness. And there's more and more and more. Man. Glory to God. See you there. But it starts here. Anyhow, in the 19th verse, Jesus I, I, this explanation has so much in it. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it. Now this is talking about that seed planted by the wayside. The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So the farmer, whoever does the planting, uh, say for instance, today I'm doing the planting. And do you know that if I'm telling you something you've never heard before, I'm planting seed. If I'm, if I'm going over something you have heard before, we're watering it. But both are necessary. Necessary for growth, right? And so the farmer does have some responsibility. My, you know what? I do my very best. I'm not saying I'm 100% successful uh, because I am human. And I don't have a complete mastery of the English language. That's obvious, Right? And if you look at my high school transcripts, you'll see why. But um, I, I want to present the truth in a way where anybody with a, you know, first grade education or less or more, I mean, can understand. You see what I'm saying? And so I'm not, I'll just be honest, I'm not, um, I'm not ministering to your intellect, not trying to. I'm endeavoring to minister to hearts. Like I've said, you need to understand things spiritually, not just mentally. And so many times people will grab what's said with their mind and they'll start to play with it. And it'll never get past their mind into your heart. Do you know the truth is supposed to go through your mind into your heart? When it's in your heart, what is it? Planted. It immediately starts to germinate. It produces faith in you. Amen. It produces vision in you. You get that seed in you. It's like a little videotape and it starts to play on the inside of you. What God, how God sees you and what he has for you and what he'll do in you. And I'm telling you, when you have that vision on the inside of you and you are able to keep it there, it's just a matter of not much time at all before the out before the outward circumstances conform to the image you have on the inside. That's how the seed of the word works. Amen. But it starts with the seed getting planted. Praise God. 
You cannot plant spiritual seed in a mind. Any more than you can plant corn in concrete. Hmm? Or tomatoes in a tile floor. Or broccoli in a brick road. You can't, you can't do that, can you? You cannot plant spiritual seed in a mind. It needs to go through the mind, but spiritual seed gets planted in spirits. And it produces. <laughs> it takes a cultivated heart to grow the Word. So you don't want to be um, the one where the Word never gets in you. But it happens to a lot of folk. A fourth of them probably. Now the next one he talks about. He said, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, you see that he has no root. He only lasts a short time. Oh, boy. You ever seen anybody like that? Hmm. The three week wonders. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Listen, talks about rocky places. Do you know you can have a rocky heart, a hard heart, stubbornness, not really open. And the word, oh, people get excited about it because they're in the service. Um, Brother Hagin tells the story about one revival he had and one of the deacons of the church wouldn't show up. He was mad because Brother Hagin didn't ask him if he could have a, a meeting. He confronted Brother Hagin. This was when, when he was pastoring years ago. Brother Hagin said, there's another verse right after that. I'm not going to ask you <laughs> if I can have a meeting. <laughs> and anyhow, so this deacon wouldn't come to the meeting, but he came the last night. His wife talked him into it. And uh, his wife said, I, every night after I got home, I just, I just rub it in how good it was. You know, how you've missed it. So this, the last night, um, they were having testimonies. You know, people say, what did, what? What has the Lord done in your life in this meeting and whatever? And so everyone's testifying. This guy got kind of excited, the deacon. And he stood up to testify about how blessed he was. Only been there this one meeting. Brother Hagin said, sit down, sit down. He said, you just got a slopped over blessing. <laughs> in other words, everybody else was blessed. It slopped over on him. He's good for all those Texas, you know, terms. We don't use that up here. How many know what a slopped over blessing is now? Spill over. Spilled over. Well, their folk, they'll come, they'll hear the message, but, but they don't have, they don't allow the roots to grow. Amen. Do you know that when roots are growing, you don't see any results above the ground? Right away? But do you know that if you allow those roots to grow down deep, that what comes up is going to be stronger, grow taller, Produce more fruit than something that's real shallow. Ever planted anything in a styrofoam cup? How big are you able to get it? <laughs> Just as big as the roots can grow deep. And it's the same thing with our heart. If we allow hardness, stubbornness, rebellion. Huh? Not my favorite things to talk about, but, but you know, I have, to, I have to eat this before you do. If you allow that stuff, then, then it's, it's going to keep the word from taking root. Some, some just are so, they'll come and say, well, I'll try it. I'll try the word. Do you know that there's no such thing? You don't try the word. It tries you. 
Do you hear that? You don't try the word. It tries you. Like we said, you want to you want to have that settled ahead of time that the word is the word is the word. When you get to heaven, it's going to read the same as it does here. Amen. But when tr when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The enemy will see to it that the word that you stand on will be challenged. Amen. And if you don't have roots, you'll you, you won't last. Just I mean, it's just not trying to prophesy wrong over you. But uh, if you had a, I grew up in Florida and all our trees were palm trees. We were right close to the beach and we had something every year called hurricane season. And even if you didn't get a hurricane, you'd get very strong winds. Well, those palm trees, because they were rooted, I mean, they grow really tall. Do you know that they would bend over and touch the ground? Amen. I mean, I've seen it. I've looked out the window and the top of the tree is touching the ground and that tree is just bent right over. What, what if it, there was no roots? It just knocked the thing flat. Amen. There's a lot of Christians that get knocked flat out because they didn't let the roots develop. Amen. Well, then this third type of ground and I'm, I'm moving along at a brisk pace. <laughs> Here's where I believe the largest percentage of believers reside. This next one. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. Notice that they all heard the word and they all heard the same word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke it, making it unfruitful. Well, Pastor, I thought you believed in, in uh, you know, being wealthy and prosperous. I do. I believe in God adding it to you. Yes. Amen. But that uh, there are deceitfulness of riches. In other words, folk are following after things because it seems like there's a great promise attached to it. You know what I mean? Oh, if I just get enough money, then I'll have such and such. And that's deceitful. That's wrong because that's not what you'll have if you just do it in the flesh. Amen. You hook up with, God way, with God's way, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. Amen. That's the way I like stuff. He just blessed us. I told you before that I'll always have a big television. He just blessed us with one. Glory to God. A nice one. I mean, they make them bigger, but this was as big as we wanted. A real nice one. By the time the thing was said and done, I had about six or seven hundred dollars off. I mean, as I was on the phone ordering the thing, the guy kept finding coupons and kept finding stuff. And God added it to us. We didn't have to go in debt for it. Come on, say amen, somebody. And when we watch it, it's not a burden to us. Amen. And I believe one of the reasons he's able to do that is because we know when to turn the thing off. Amen. He'll add it to you. That wasn't my... That, that's a little bit off this message, but most believers don't make it out the church door before the circumstances that they're dealing with begin to choke out the word that they've heard. Do you know you need to weed your garden? Because weeds will grow up right along there with the word. You got to yank them out. Hmm? Thoughts, uh, anxiety. What am I going to do about this? Listen, there will never be a time in your life hardly where you got nothing going on that's not a potential worry. Hmm? Anybody lived a long time? Can you, can you say, because, you know, they might say, well, yeah, that's just pastor's still a young man. And anybody that's been young for a longer time, 
Is there ever like decades of your life where you just had never have come, anything come up that would tempt you to worry? Am I right? Come on, guys. Am I right? Those, those of you that are, that are above 50, at least. That's not old. Not even. But, uh, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Anyhow, praise God. You have to resist things that, that are going to choke out the word. Amen. Put up a fence if you need to. Huh? If you got a garden and the deers keep coming. People will do that. They'll go to all kinds of effort. But spiritually, no, I can't, can't do that. <laughs> Amen. Many things will come up in life, but they don't have to come in. Right. Do you hear that? Many things will come up, but they don't have to come in. You're the one that lets them in. You ever heard that saying, um, you can't stop a, a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair? But I don't know who made that up. I didn't, I've just heard it. Right? Protecting the garden of our heart takes time and effort, just like a natural garden. But most people give no thought to what's planted there. They'll, they'll turn the television on and plant poison in themselves. I'm not saying everything's bad. Like I said, we just got us a nice big one. And it was the Lord. Praise God. Just in time for football season. You know, you keep stuff out of your garden that's going to choke out the word. Amen. You know, Adam had a, was our, supposed to be the first gardener. The Lord said, keep this garden. He blew it. But you and I don't have to. He, you know how he blew it? He let something in that didn't belong. Let someone in that didn't belong. Okay, lastly, the good soil. Verse 23. The one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word. And understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what, is, what was sown. Go with me to Luke's version of that. This will be the last scripture we look at. Luke 8. Just want to look at that good soil in Luke's gospel. Because it gives us more insight on what, what it's talking about. Luke 8 verse 15 says, The seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart. Here again, we're talking about the condition of your heart. They hear the word. Notice it says they retain it. King James says they keep it. If you look up that Greek word, it means to seize. You ever had an engine seize up? <laughs> Not going anywhere, right? When that word gets in you, we need to seize it. Get a, uh, you remember, in, I don't know if you did this in school, I always did. We, we, you know, you learn those wrestling moves from watching the wrestling guys. Headlocks. You need to get a headlock around the, the word when it gets planted in you. And don't let it go. Man, there's an enemy that'll try and rip it out. If he can't rip it out, he'll bring some circumstances to you. Here, choke, choke, choke. And you've got to keep them out. But if you do, what'll happen? If you retain the word, what happens? You... By persevering, produce a crop. Amen. And so that which is contained in the word in seed form comes to full manifestation in your life. 
the power of God, the provision of God, the promises of God, the protection. I mean, anything you could you could name, anything you can imagine. If you keep that word planted in the right environment, it'll grow every single time. As surely as if you plant something in a garden, keep the weeds out, keep it watered, keep it watered day after day. It won't be long. I mean, how many people, well, how many farmers would you say they're bananas if they go out two days after they planted it and say, where's my corn? I planted it two days ago. Corn, come up, come up. It don't work like that. Hmm? Many days. What's it doing? It's growing roots so that that stalk can come up high. Amen. But when it does, I mean, every, you know, that whole big stalk with all those ears on it was contained in that little seed. Praise God. What do you think God has for you in your life contained in these little, little seeds? Hmm? The little, there's a little seed called Romans 8.32. He who spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen. But it only works if you get it in you. If you keep it watered, keep the weeds out and then God will make it grow. Praise God. So the first big thing, if you're going to receive from the word of God, you got to believe it is the word. But this second, the key component, the condition of your heart. Amen. And we have at least one more thing to talk about in this little series that we're in. But this is so important. <laughs> and this is it. This, this is everything. Um, if you're going to receive from God, then you must receive from his word. Learn how to receive from his word. Not automatic. Not automatic. Praise the Lord. Can we stand up together?